Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Heavenly Father, from our Lord and victorious Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. First of all, greetings to you from your brothers and sisters in Christ at Christ Victorious Lutheran Church in Chaska, Minnesota, as we join in celebrating with you here at South Shore Trinity 75 years of God's many blessings to you. It's a, a joy and an honor to be sharing God's word with you this weekend. Uh, it's a delight for Joe and I to be back with you today. For This congregation has been such a blessing to us. I didn't like how Ed Lundgren seemed to emphasize so much many years ago and for so many years and long, long time ago. And I look at the men's choir that I used to sing in and you guys look so much more extinguished than years ago when I sang in it. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Heavenly Father and from our Lord and victorious Savior, Jesus the Christ. Thank you for your invitation to come home to preach God's word to you this morning. So let's begin. By the late 1980s, Johnny Cash had been virtually discarded by the music recording industry. His long and successful career as one of our nation's most beloved country music recording artists here no longer meant anything to a new generation. For his music was no longer seen as being relevant. He could no longer book appearances on television shows or find any recording studios to record his music. Uh, tours, uh, concerts that he tried to put on were limited to, to small second-rate engagements like uh, state fairs and uh, small concert venues and the like. And this situation troubled the famed music producer Rick Rubin, who suggested that he and Johnny Cash try working together for the first time and try to see if they could change things around regarding Johnny Cash's career. So Ruben invited Cash over to his studio a few weeks later and spent the entire day with him. He, he set up Cash in front of a microphone and had him sit on a four-legged stool and then suggested that Johnny Cash just sing whatever songs came to his heart. Just this aging man, a microphone, and his guitar. And after listening to Cash sing several songs, Ruben suggested that Cash play a concert, a small local performance uh, in Los Angeles, but not in a large auditorium or in a huge arena, but just him and his guitar in a small club on a single stage with nothing else to support him. Not the light shows or videos that Johnny Cash had come to rely upon. Not the pre-recorded music to fill in a rich sound. Not even his backup band to play behind him like they'd played behind him for 30 years. Just Cash, his guitar, and a microphone. And Ruben recalled in a subsequent interview, Johnny Cash was terrified that night before going on stage. Now, here was a guy who had played 200 concerts a year for 40 years. He'd performed hundreds of shows in America's most dangerous prisons. 
But the idea of going up there all by himself with just a guitar and a stool absolutely terrified him. Why? Because he was stripped of all the things that he had come to rely upon. Bared of all of the gimmicks that he thought that crowds demanded. Cash was terrified. But in his fear, Johnny Cash found a whole new career. For having his producer strip away all of the musicians, all of the instruments, all of the background support that he'd been relying upon, all of the crutches that Cash had come to use and accumulate throughout his career, he rediscovered his voice. A voice that had been there all along, but had become lost in all of the extras. A voice that America then rediscovered. A soul-filled, unique voice that could bring out the very depths of life in his songs. A voice that the world then treasured until Cash's death 20 years later. My friends in Christ, this is the essence of elimination. For great producers know that it's usually not what you add. But artistry is knowing in what to take away. Removing the obstacles that get in the way to find the treasure that's been there all along. In our gospel reading for today, we see another example of elimination. A familiar story our gospel lesson was this morning. Jesus reinstating Peter by the Sea of Galilee following Jesus' resurrection. Now, Peter had been Jesus' boldest and most powerful disciple. But reading the four Gospels of the New Testament, it appears that Peter had become distracted by the things of this world. He'd become the spokesman of the twelve disciples. Pride and arrogance seemed to have crept in. Peter most likely enjoyed the growing claim and acclamation, how the miracles that Peter had been performing in the name of Jesus were drawing crowds to him as well. Peter's voice was the loudest of all of the disciples. We see in the book of Acts how it was Peter and John who drew the attention of Caiaphas and the Pharisees, as recorded in the book of Acts. Yes, Peter's star rose quickly and it rose prominently for it's easy for anybody who preaches the gospel to fall into the trap of thinking we're the ones that are attracting people to Jesus. Thus on that night where Judas betrayed our Lord, Peter denied Jesus too. Three times. Each time more vocally each time with more emphasis, each time more hurtful to our Lord, until our Lord had the rooster crow, then Peter realized that he had experienced the art of elimination. How painful that must have been. How humiliating and embarrassing for Peter. But our Lord needed to strip Peter of those things 
that would impede Peter from becoming the disciple that we see recorded in the rest of the New Testament here. Our Lord needed to strip Peter of his self-reliance, of his pride, of his arrogance. Simon Peter needed to learn that it wasn't he who was bringing the gospel to the world, but he just relating the teachings and the preachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that Jesus alone is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Barriers needed to be stripped away from Peter to make Peter the effective instrument for our Lord. So my friends in Christ, what things in your life have become barriers to the deepest relationship possible you can have with our Lord Jesus Christ? What things might be limiting your effectiveness in being Christ's instrument. It happens to all of us. Satan uses blessings that God gives us to become barriers or obstacles between us and our Lord. Look at how busy our lives have become. Blessings like good jobs turn into careers where we spend more and more time focusing on our work. Blessings like our children and their lives and our desire for them to experience what they can growing up. But our lives begin filling up with sports practices and games and weekend tournaments and competitions. Blessings like technology. Our computers, our tablets, our smartphones, and the like. Blessings that we can communicate with others, but are you like me, finding yourself more and more spending time on social media with Twitter or Facebook or so, uh, interacting with others and feeling drawn more and more and spending time with computers? It happens to me. I'm sure it happens to most of you. And so... Jesus might need to do some elimination with us. Whatever might become a distraction, or whatever has become a distraction already, Jesus lovingly begins to eliminate it, to reveal to us what matters most in this life. He teaches or reminds us that an intimate relationship with our Lord produces that life of abundance that our Lord desires for each of his dear children. Now, it may be painful to experience our Lord's process of elimination. Frankly, change is difficult for most of us. We like the comfort of our lives. We'd like to have control of our lives. We'd prefer to use our God-given free will to satisfy our own desires. And like Johnny Cash, we might not even see what needs changing in our lives to bring out these rich treasures within us. And it may terrify us to accept Christ's judgment, accepting that he sees all and he knows all and he knows even better than us what's best for us and for those who love us. 
But like Peter, we're often so blinded to what's impeding us that we're not able to fully use the gifts and the talents and abilities that our Lord has blessed us with. For often when we look in the mirror through rose-colored glasses, we filter out the flaws. Thus, we don't know ourselves in the way that our Lord knows us. And our Lord knows what's best for us and for others. Think about it. We're all wonderfully made according to the scriptures. We, unique in all of creation, have been created in God's holy image. We are so precious to God that he sacrificed his only son on the cross so that we could be restored into a right relationship with him. But living in this broken world, nothing is hidden from the God who created us. God wants what's best for us now and for eternity. God sees all of our strengths. Yes, God sees our talents, our abilities, and our passions. He's given them to us, but... God also sees each of our flaws. God sees what we no longer recognize. Now, the Amish have a tradition of weaving a small blemish into each rug that they weave. They do it intentionally. They weave in a flaw in each one of these rugs that takes them hours, days, to painstakingly weave. The blemish that they hide, why do they do this? They do it to remind us that each of us is flawed. None of us is perfect. I can relate to those rugs. But thanks be to God that our Lord is determined to do something about our flaws. Thus, our Lord, from time to time, eliminates things, not as a punishment, but as a blessing. For just as polishing a gem or a piece of jewelry requires an extremely fine abrasive to produce a brilliant shine, so too our Lord is constantly polishing us, regardless of our age, regardless of our status in life. Polishing us so that we'll shine. Shining us so that others will see Christ reflected in our lives. For seeing our blemishes can draw us closer to Christ. Whether we're like Johnny Cash, finally stripped away of everything that had become an impediment to his effective voice as an instrument, or like Peter, stripped away of some of the character flaws that had crept in, our Lord loves us enough to polish us, to take away what needs elimination. He wants us to shine, to be his beautiful instruments. Now, I don't know 
how God might be shaping you right now. But I know that he is. It may be through illness or disease. It may be through the loss of someone or something very important to you. It may be a short process of elimination or it may be painstakingly long. But my friends in Christ, recognize and remember this. Our Lord knows what we need to shine in all of his brilliance. He created us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He loves us. He's compassionate. He's kind. He's faithful. He's powerful. He has called us as his own. Thus, may God continue to show you his love through the process of elimination. May God enable all of us to be what he's created us to be. And may God bless you, all of you here at SST, as God continues to bless you and to use you as his instruments in being disciples to today's modern world. Amen.